So hi, this is Brad from uh, Coffee for Closers. Uh, today, my guest is Chad Lafferty, uh, Managing Director of Wall and & Case and Board Director at uh, EQIQ. Uh, Chad, thanks for joining us today and making time. Thank you very much for having us. I mean, that, that's one of the things I like about recruiting is, is it forces us to, to kind of change and adapt. But um, some of the newer people coming into recruiting or even people with zero experience, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because they, you know, what is the job of the recruiter now? It's, it, the, the job description, I think, has totally changed. Um, and like you said, there are a lot of factors that we need to measure that maybe we didn't have to measure, you know, five years ago or, or more. Um, so I, I'm, are you finding that, uh, that the team you have now um, obviously works quite well, but in, in terms of new people that you're looking to bring on or new positions that are opening up, I mean, are, are you evaluating them differently and, and what kind of things are you looking for? Yeah, so for sure, um, you know, we had we had hired three people that were starting in, in April. And so around March time, we kind of had a gut check, you know, it was like, well, what are we going to do? You know, honestly, like we felt like the, the only thing that we could do um, is have them start uh, and immediately transition all of our trainings and everything to to remote, which which we did with you know i think as much success as we possibly could have had to be fair um our you know um talent manager who handles all the training and courses and curriculum for the training did really a fantastic job of of handling that transition and still it wouldn't be any it wouldn't be shocking or a surprise to say that their um development was pretty far behind what, what they would have experienced if they'd started um, in the office with people around them. And that's because the way that people learn this job, the way that I learned the job, uh, and probably you as well, there's so much passive learning that happens. Like you get sat at a desk with more experienced people around you, and it almost doesn't matter the environment. You can have like a really high level of training, which a lot of firms in Japan have. You can have almost no training, which a lot of firms in, in Japan have. But the way that you're going to get that like classroom style, but then you're also going to hear the people around you and how they work, and you're going to you know you're going to learn through that experience. And so what we found was like very early on, we realized, okay they're not experiencing that at all. And it's very hard to recreate that. You know, you can create a Zoom channel, you can put people in that, you can ask people to join that channel, but still, you, you know, you don't, you, you have to mute when you're on the phone. Like you, you can't do the same level of activity. You can't kind of like have that experience where you're just sitting there doing your job and you hear somebody talking on the phone behind you and you're like, hmm, what are they talking about? Like, I, you know, and it's such like a, it just happens. And so, uh, quite honestly, the, those three people like we're really working hard to help them get up to speed, and you know um, they've been coming into the office a little bit more, even though it's you know it's still mostly empty, especially now that the cases are on the rise again. Like people are just being cautious and staying at home more often. But we're trying to find ways to to recreate that. Uh, and to come back to your question, it means that realistically, I think that we have to hire more experienced people than we have previously. Like we have to change the parameters because what we realize is that teaching them the, the very basics is much more challenging than it used to be. And this is also related to the question you asked before about our, our clients. 
And I think that onboarding has been one of the biggest challenges that every company faces right now. Like how do you effectively onboard people that are working remotely? Um, and some companies are better at it than others. Some people are, are more equipped for it than others. Uh, and so that's a big challenge for us as well. So certainly like um, our focus right now is hiring some more experienced people that we're not teaching like the very basic fundamental uh, thing, uh, parts of recruitment too. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It is something that I, I didn't really think about, right? Was, you know, when you are in that open office platform and you, and you do hear other people on the phone, you know, experienced people or, or maybe conversations that you wouldn't have, you know, you, you get that OJT, you know, as a, as a, somebody that's joining, but you, you don't have that now, right? So that's, it's an interesting point. Yeah. Definitely um, a different learning curve on that. So. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, honestly, like I've been very impressed with, uh, as I mentioned, the three people that started first in, in April, I've been very impressed about how they've handled it because it's tough. It's really hard. I can't imagine trying to learn uh, a completely new profession, something I've never done before, you know, spending an hour or two in training a day and then, and then trying to figure out so much on your own. It's tough. I think they've done a really phenomenal job to, to be where they are today. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you talked a little about, um, you know, that you're looking at possibly bringing on more senior level people. I mean, in this market right now where there's a lot of uh, transition, uh, there are a lot of experienced recruiters uh, from different shops and a lot of them are being pushed out simply because of, you know, uh, they're being furloughed or there's you know, different issues going on in their company. What, what's the culture at Wall and Case and, and what type of people would you be interested to bring on? So we have a very strong set of values. I won't go through them all individually. There's, there's eight of them. Uh, they're on our, our website for anyone who's interested. Really the way that we make decisions is by making sure that number one, they align with the, the company vision and, and the company values. I suppose one of the reasons I've always hesitated to hire more experienced people is because they're coming from a, a very different cultural experience. They're coming from a, maybe a different set of values and you know, when we were all working in the office, I was pretty reluctant to have somebody come in at a more experienced level who might not match the same values that we've developed in the culture that we've developed very intentionally. Um, and that's something that, to be honest, we have to be a little bit more flexible about. But I also think that the type of person that we want to hire, there's somebody that matches that value set. There's somebody that um, is a good, like, can I say not an asshole? Can I say that? <laughs> like, um, you know, I have, I have a strict, uh, actually I have a client, I, I'm stealing this from a client of mine, uh, but they said they have a strict no asshole policy. Um, and I was like, that's a great policy to have. I wanna hire really good people that are, you know, resilient and smart, but also they're good people. And they want to work in a team. They ultimately want the people around them to be successful. If, they're, if they believe that, if they're really invested in this, their own success, but in the success of the people around them as well and the company's success, then they'll do very well in our environment. They'll do very well in our culture. Because that is, I think, one of the strongest you know, guiding principles that we have, that we're all in this together and that we'll work together they're good and bad. Well, it's interesting. I mean, that, you know, just your, your choice of words is not wrong, um, obviously, uh, because 
that that's prevalent in a lot of different organizations. And, and I, I think to, you know, to really come back to the people that are labeled as you know, assholes in whatever industry they are in, I think it says a lot about, you know, the, the type of person or also the environment, right? Because if, if the environment, if a company is letting that type of person be that type of person, then the environment's wrong, right? You know, like you were saying, the, the culture that you have there eliminates the possibility of having those type of people in the organization, which is, which is good. But in our industry and a lot of other industries, that's rampant, right? Especially nowadays, like I, I think you, you do have to little, be a little more cohesive of uh, who you work with. And, and, and it's not just a, a me, me, me type of environment. It's more like, you know, how can, how can my experience help you and, and how can we have a win-win situation together? So no, it's definitely interesting that, um, you know, you're creating that culture and you're also willing to look for senior level people that, that might be a little more difficult to, to train or, or to see, you know, to fit into your culture. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, um, and forgive me for my choice of words is the, is the word that, that popped into mind first. But, you know, trans- transparency is one of our values. So there you go. I think that it's very important. And people are a product of their environment as well, right? So I think that, you know, if you've been working in a super hyper aggressive uh, agency where you have to fend for yourself and it is, you know, food on your plate, then you've, might have, you've probably adapted to that type of situation. That doesn't define you. That doesn't define the person. And I don't want to um, generalize that part of it because I think p- different people can grow into a, an environment differently, right? If they're given the opportunity to be different than they, they probably would be. I do think it's harder for people that have been in that very individualistic environment to adapt to a, a culture where there's such a strong team aesthetic. That information sharing and the transparency is absolute. I think that's probably the biggest culture shock uh, that people would experience. And I actually, you know, I can say that from my own experience because uh, I came from uh, Robert Walters, which, you know, is a very team-based, you know, it's a shared database. It's everyone's uh, uh, helping each other out and your your team is usually going to have your back and all that kind of stuff. And I still found it surprising when I joined Wall in Case, the the level of transparency and the level of support uh, that, you know, people provided me and, and to anyone who was a new starter, right? Um, and so I think, you know, if that's the biggest culture shock for me, joining from a company that already had a similar type of system, then I can only imagine if you've, you know, spent time uh, in a more aggressive or individualistic environment. But it comes down to what you want and what kind of what kind of person and what suits you best. So Interesting. Yeah. I mean, time-wise, um, I'd be interested, you know, to, to pick your brain a bit on, uh, that was one of the, the areas that I wanted to pick on in terms of like, you, you did come from the, the, the Robert Walters, you know, large uh, agency style uh, into Wall and Cage, which is, is much more, like you said, cohesive. It's a smaller uh, boutique style. What would, did you find as, as the hardest thing into that transition? And what would you say to other people that are kind of coming from that uh, mindset of, of like extreme styles? So I, I think that with uh, EQIQ and Wall and Case as a part of EQIQ, we're trying to do something that's different and anything different is going to be really hard and it's going to have a very unique set of challenges. 
Um, and so even though Wall and Case um, operates in a way that people would recognize, it's like we're, we are a recruitment agency and the things we do are recruitment related. The fundamental vision of where EQIQ is going and where Wall and Case needs to go is different. And that is, is challenging because if you're, if anybody comes in and they're expecting that they're going to join very traditional recruitment company where it's all about, you know, revenue and making placements uh, and bonuses, then the learning curve is going to be higher, right? Because those things are fine. And of course, yeah, we want to make revenue. We want to grow the company. I want everyone to get like huge bonuses and stuff like that, but we're aiming for something bigger. And that's, you know, related to the growth of Attuned, uh, how we are positioning ourselves in the market as HR technology. And I think through those things, it's the company, the way that we operate is different. Um, the way that we talk is different. The way that we share information is different. And so uh, I think that, you know, when I joined, it was a case of like all this information about, you know, at that, at that time, three years ago, Attune was still fairly early stage. It was a lot to wrap my head around. And I think that that's one of the challenges, not just of coming in, but also adapting to the culture that we have is understanding that, you know, the, the recruitment side is, is part of a much bigger plan that we have. And that is very much a, you know, I, I don't want this to sound negative, but you know, the, the Robert Walters, the Michael Pages of the world, they do what they do incredibly well. And they've grown massively based on that. But I don't see um, as much, you know, innovation. And I think there's a lot of smaller companies that, you know, they don't have any desire to innovate, which is fine because there's, there's you know, in the market that, we, that we're in, in in Japan, I think that there's a lot of money to be made in, in this business, right? Without doing anything particularly, uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, I guess is what I'm saying. So for us, again, the mission is a little bit different, which makes it more complicated. Uh, and it's more for people to wrap their heads, heads around, I guess. Well, hey, thanks again uh, for your time today and uh, all your insights. Um, and definitely for any, um, any viewers out there um, that are interested, uh, feel free to, to reach out to Chad directly um, or the people at Wall and Case. Um, and again, thanks, thanks for watching. Uh, Chad, thanks for joining us. Brad, thank you very much. It was great. All right. So thanks for watching and uh, stay tuned for more great content from Coffee for Closers. Take care.